something I am not, tragically hip, today on the Music Universe podcast. Uh, 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 <laughs> I'm speechless. That one got him. That one got him. <laughs> you and I, buddy, we are the tragically unhip. I, I will give you that. You're a little more hip than me because you're a drummer. Well, of course. And you're a damn good drummer. Well, thank you. Uh, <laughs> you know, I got to chat with these guys. Um, really popular in Canada. I know they didn't quite get the popularity here in the States. And um, they're, they should have. I mean, I don't know if you listen to the, the music at all, but uh, very classic rock style. I yep. mean road apples is what we're talking about the 30th anniversary of it are you uh, sure they're not it's not called rotten apples yeah i was gonna get to that uh <laughs> a little uh blooper flub whatever you want to call it as we kicked off the interview or as i kicked it off with them and uh they they joked about it but you got to listen to the whole interview to as we kind of go full circle with why that's funny to them uh they were yeah. not offended at all they were super cool um you know, I, I talked to uh, Johnny, the drummer, and Gord, the uh, uh, bassist, and uh, we chatted for a good 25 minutes or so uh, and uh, had talked about everything, you know, really about the popularity of the album and about even, as we mentioned on a previous episode, the, uh, the 30th anniversary of a lot of groundbreaking albums. Right. And, uh, theirs is mixed right in there with it in a beautiful box set. Um, it, it's available digitally uh, now. It came out November 5th. That's everywhere. But if you're looking for physical copies, that's going to be November 12th in Canada, then November 19th here in the States, then 26th for the rest of the world on a four CD Blu-ray pure audio and a five LP Blu-ray pure audio box with a poster, which is kind of a thing now. Johnny Fay and Gord St. Clair of the Tragically Hip, welcome to the Music Universe podcast. How are you both doing? Do, doing great, buddy, thanks. Great, buddy, thank you. Awesome. Good to be with you. Well, thank you, well, glad to have you guys and uh, some great music here. Uh, I, I'll have to be honest, I, being in the States, I wasn't real familiar. I thought, thought you guys were more of a pop band. And then when I was sent these tracks, I was like, this is right up my alley. I don't know why I never got, knew about the, the music long before now, because uh, this is just great, like classic rock style. And it's the 30th anniversary of Rotten Apples, your second album. What's it like to revisit it after all these years? Well, it's been great. It's actually Road Apples, but Rotten Apples is a, there were a couple of reviews along those lines too. <laughs> I was looking right at it and. Not a worry, man. None of our, no, it's been maybe that's why it didn't fly in the states. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. uh, I, you know, I always try to avoid those mishaps whenever I do this because I know something's going to just slip incorrectly. And uh, no worries, no worries, worry, man. Could have been, could have been something to do with the seven record companies we were on down there, too. <laughs> well, <laughs> that, that tends to have it, but Road Apple's 30th anniversary, what's it like revisiting that? project it's it's been really it's been really uh very it's been a very good process for us actually um very sadly five years ago we we lost our singer gourd 
um, uh, and uh, and it it was a really difficult process. Not only going through that, but in the years that followed, he was a real uh, prime catalyst in the band and a real motivator. And we kind of found ourselves without direction or purpose for a very long time until um, our guitar player Rob was reading the newspaper, the Times, and read about a fire on the Universal lot. Uh, and got concerned that we may have lost some master tapes. Uh, our name was on a list um, and contacted us right away. And that really got the ball rolling on this. We were signed to MCA America at the time. Uh, fortunately, our stuff was not lost uh, in that fire, um, but it was not easy to find. And uh, that kind of coalesced us as a group again, along with uh, Gord's brothers and uh, and yeah, it, and it's been quite an amazing process ever since, not only rediscovering music that we hadn't heard in, in 30 years, but uh, um, all the conversations that went in and the meetings that went into uh, to, to put this out finally. So it's been it's been good. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we covered extensively that uh, that news of that universal lot fire and just that long list. It just makes your heart, even as a fan, makes your heart sink like, oh, my word, all these these recordings are gone and you know being able to hopefully having gone back and found finding these items you know makes you obviously feel better but i i'm hoping that list wasn't as extensive as it initially was reported but just going back i mean does it bring you back because i know there's a live uh show from the roxy here in los angeles on it does it just take you back to all these memories and like, man, I remember this now, and maybe you didn't remember it then. And just kind of just reliving those wondrous times. You know, it's funny because I, I think of all the recordings that we've done, uh, I think for me, that was, uh, that's really never left my, my brain, that house, that situation, that time in New Orleans, um, it was uh, September. So it was really muggy hot there um and you know i think don smith who we worked with a, a bunch of times um who was really our, our our guy who uh you know was able to capture the band he, he was able in that recording to capture the humidity on the on the recording and uh, it, that album's got great backbone you know of us being on the road for a couple of years and uh you know sort of honing playing as a live band and we went into the studio there and used monitors. It was probably not dissimilar to playing at, uh, you know, the Roxy. So um, it, it was a great process. And so that one, you know, is never far from, from my mind, that recording, that situation, that time in our career. Yeah, and I was about to ask if you guys did it live because it's just so craftfully put together. And, you know, your, your drums, Johnny, just a heavy backbeat, heavy backbone in the pocket and you know you guys just really connect really well you can tell that you guys were just um, having fun and wrote some great music yeah thanks we uh, we were primarily a, a, a live group I mean that's how we've always earned our living and and uh, and that's how we kind of wrote with with the audience in mind with live performance in mind and I think uh Don Smith uh, and our a &R guy at the time, Bruce Dickinson sort of recognized that in us. Um, we were still super young uh, when we made Road Apples and, and, and Don was instrumental in, in teaching us 
an element of restraint in a studio environment, even though we were playing together, you know, our inclination was to come out swinging really hard and, and punch ourselves out in the first round. And Don, Don really taught us how to, to play together and to listen to each other, um, you know, uh, and, and we would play what we would think would be a great take and, and he would say, yeah, that was fantastic, do it again. That was fantastic, do it again. And then when we listened back, you realize why he was having us uh, do repeated performances because you could just hear, he was trying to capture that energy, uh, that authentic energy on tape. Uh, and it's easier said than done. And we kind of learned that from that experience recording with him and, and carried it with us forward, like Johnny was saying. Yeah, absolutely. Because you can overdub as much as you want, but if the initial performance of you guys are not there, it's just, it doesn't really click. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And now this set, uh, I did see an unboxing video. I know uh, you guys have a vinyl set and a CD set, of course, digitally. What uh, What's going to be the difference, if any, from the two sets? Um, and that comes out November 12th, digitally, November 5th. Um, and streaming, of course. Um, what, are there any differences between the vinyl and the CD sets if people have not seen that uh, box yet, that unboxing video? No, I think they're pretty much set up, you know, obviously one's vinyl and one's one CD, but I think uh, we, we entered into the world of Atmos for the first time uh, on uh, this stuff. And it was uh, really incredible because um, you know, uh, when we were doing this record, there was this thing uh, that was just coming out and it was, um, God, what was it called? Don Smith was telling us about it. Um, and, and, and it was a new sort of way of splitting up the speaker. Well, they really didn't sort of get it right. But I think with the Atmos, which is really incredible is if you're, if you're listening on headphones, you're getting all the vocal inflections, the cymbals are way in the background there. Um, and so it's a, it's a really incredible experience. It's like being in the room uh, with this, especially in this kind of recording, you know, when you're, well, like you're talking about layering stuff is, is different, but when you're doing it live and everything's being captured, I mean, you're hearing, you know, uh, you know, Gord breathing. Uh, so it's a very experience for us. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, it took us a, a bunch of years to get it all together. Um, so it's, uh, I think it's a, a package we're very, we're very happy with the way it came out. Robbie, Robbie, our guitar player did a lot of, you know, he put this whole package together, you know, uh, visually and, and conceptualized with the, the guys at Universal. Yeah, and that's, uh, that Atmos audio is available on a Blu-ray audio. Um, so it'd probably be best if someone listened to it on a surround sound system then, correct? Well, you're asking the wrong guy because I've lost so much hearing over the years, as I'm sure you have, being a drummer. Um, you know, you can hear better uh, out of that, one ear than the other. All that stuff is lost on me, you know. Uh, but it, it's good. You know, the Apple stuff I could hear because I was in the room and it's just right up front. You can, um, you know, it, it, it really brings you back to the initial recording of it. I believe uh, the vinyl does come with a poster, correct? I think I saw that in the unboxing video. Yes, there's a yeah, there's a poster in both the CD and the and the vinyl packages for uh, for uh, for the bedroom wall. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I got a bunch of different posters here. I've been buying frames, so I think if somebody's a real big fan, they should go out and buy a frame and have that plastered right on their wall. Hundred percent. 
<laughs> so um, with the anniversary edition and the 30th um, anniversary at that, I mean, there's just a lot of iconic albums celebrating that this year. Of course, we off air, we're talking about Bob Rock and he's, you know, highly associated with uh, Metallica, which is also celebrating the 30th anniversary. Any thoughts on just all these iconic albums celebrating 30 years and you guys being right in there with it in this beautiful box? Uh, yeah, I have a few thoughts on that, actually. It's, it, it's funny, when you're in the middle of it, when, when you're sitting in the van driving down the highway, you don't really think about it. But in retrospect, we were at a wonderful time in music and in, in music culture uh, in in North America and really worldwide where, you know, the label system was still really strong and very healthy and music occupied a really important part in people's lives. And, um, you know, we were, that time period was, you know, the advent of CDs and stuff. And World Apples was our first uh, release on CD as well, which kind of had its own failed promises you know that are going to last forever but it, it, it was there's so many bands out playing and so many bands getting signed and and uh uh i think most importantly people were going to see music a lot like a lot, a lot of these bands our contemporaries were really live oriented um acts and and you think in retrospect of what we've just been through you know two years of no live performance um there's a quality to the musicianship that's influenced by that, that opportunity to play in front of people. And I, and so anything that's kind of drawing attention to that and celebrating that, I think is a really, really good thing. Um, I, mean, I mean, I'm still a music fan first and foremost, and, and I, I miss not being able to see live music. And um, I think that's why the inclusion of that, that live show from the Roxy going back in time, it was really important for this package because it's it, it, it reminds you of that of that energy uh that communal congregating energy that you get when you're at a show and you look around and and you see wow you know that guy that gal they're there too they must you know they're fans so ergo we are friends you know and that's the great thing about it i miss it and i and i hope we get back there and and uh, so I, I think it's a really great thing um you know uh, this this looking back to look forward you know yeah, Johnny, you have any comments on that yourself? Yeah, I mean, uh, when we were going through these uh, tracks, it was amazing when we were sort of throwing up the faders and just trying to do a balanced mix. Uh, the very first time they were they were heard, um, it's, it was amazing the economy of tracks. The way that Don recorded this band was extremely unique. I mean, he had, he'd done uh, a lot of great work with uh, Tom Petty the Traveling Wilburys and Keith Richards records. And that's kind of where we were sort of, you know, hoping we could plug uh, our band into that kind of a sound. And I mean, on, on Little Bones, for instance, uh, I think there's 14, you know, 13 tracks. You know, we got a lot of, in those days you had to leave um, for time code, you had to leave uh, the 23rd track blank. So there was no bleed over to it, but Don just, he was able to balance the recording. And that's why I think it's very unique uh, uh, recording, a unique time for our band and, and, and recorded in this incredible house in one of the greatest cities in the world, New Orleans. So yeah, I, I, that's where I kind of go back to with this recording. 
Yeah, and uh, it's definitely captured extremely well, like we've discussed. But when you're talking the live recordings now, um, it seems like it was a thing, not necessarily as much as today, but that back then, it's almost like you recorded every show multi-tracked. Is that something you guys did? And then you just pick a favorite and release it? Or how does that come about? Like, why was the Roxy chosen? Well, you know, we didn't get ourselves into a situation where we were able to record multis for quite a long time. We, we, we took a Tascam uh, DA88 rig out with us on one big tour and recorded every show. But this is just a great example of serendipity really more than anything. I mean, we were, we were, uh, we were doing well in Canada, but we were still a club act. You know, we'd kind of graduated from the whiskey to the Roxy, you know, uh, at that time in our career. Um, but we were coming into Los Angeles to play uh, back when Westwood One was a, a going concern, and they had their own uh, two-inch you know, uh, facility, recording facility, a mobile, um, and they would they would record shows, and and, uh, and we were just super fortunate that uh, they wanted to do one with us at our Roxy show. Don Smith was actually in town, so was able to get in the truck uh, and record us, and and. Then it kind of, you know, it, it was released uh, through the Westwood One Network back in the day and then kind of stuck in a box and not to be heard from again. So to, to, to stumble upon it again and to listen to it and hear it uh, again, it just it carries me right back to that moment in time and and carries me back to listening how Don Smith mixed the band. I mean, it's it's really not dissimilar from the way he mixed Road Apples. You know, that's kind of how he sort of influenced it, like the, you know, Paul Paul Langlois stands on stage right, and you can hear him on the stage right side of your your stereo. You know, so it was just super super cool. Uh, so, yeah, I, I it would have been great to have multi-tracked every show, but but you know, <laughs> we were in a van, we wouldn't have had room for the studer. You know, yeah, those machines could be pretty monstrous then, and now you just have these little devices that you can get four, six channels out of, if not more. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So I know you guys are celebrating this. You're looking forward to this. Uh, everybody getting to hear hear all these tracks that are new to them. Obviously not to you guys. Are there any particular studio tracks that stand out to both of you that you just fell in love with, forgot about, and now you've relived it? And like, uh, I can't believe we left that off the original. Well, I think that there were, um, Gordon and I have talked about this, when you, you, the rhythm section and you, you listen to something, you say, ah, you know, there was a real vibe to that one. And like, you know, Don would say, do it again, do it again. And, and I'm sure we had some arguments. I mean, we're musicians, so we're going to, you know, uh, be opinionated about this stuff. And, mm. and uh, I think it's, it kind of gives you a view into the process of making this record. There's an incredible version of Fiddler's Green um uh, there was an outtake and that that could have just stood on its own it's beautiful song the acoustic version of uh little bones it was actually part of it was dovetailed into uh from the the band version where gord sinclair is playing guitar with gord downey and it kind of gives you a, a view into the late night uh acoustic sounds that we got out of that house so i think there's there's something for everyone there definitely yeah Gord, how about you yeah i couldn't agree more with what john was saying they're they're booted in the package is a, a 
another album, another CD of uh, of outtakes of just alt versions and 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 really not demo versions, but it it kind of details if you go backwards, it details how the songwriting uh, emerged and what our process was for that. It was always a constant evolutionary process and much like the live show as well you know a, a live concert is a is a moment in time and and uh you know our our singer gourd was super creative and would go off on tangential stories like you know not performance art but it really amounted to performance art and the band would follow our extended guitar solos and we you know we we were really good at playing with each other. And, and if someone was cooking off something really, really cool, uh, we would follow and take it, you know, and follow the journey and, 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 and build it up from a musical perspective. And, and so that's in there as well. You know, it's, it, it really is when you make, when you're making a record, it's, it's a recording of a moment in time. And that's not only live, but certainly in the studio as well, you know, uh, mm -hmm. and it's, it's amazing to be able to go back through that process and, and, and hear how it evolved yeah absolutely and uh are you guys um in it back uh planning anything together any shows to support this anything like that if i didn't see that in my in my notes here that uh you guys may you know the three of you get back together for anything is that being planned well we we did a a, a show for the junos uh and uh that was that was quite a process you know um you know, just getting stuff together and, and, and not sort of being in our studio in four years together as a band, um, that, that took some planning. Uh, so I don't think that we would ever say no to anything like that, uh, but it, it definitely, you know, as we're without our singer, um, it definitely is, is something we would uh, not sort of say yes to everything. You know, we're just, we're just kind of taking it day by day, which is, I think, is healthy for the band you know at this point we have all this great music that you know some of it is coming out later on more unreleased stuff and we're still finding it and i think you know for where we are as a band right now it's kind of an important part to this you know to be archaeologically kind of doing this i think this is where where we're supposed to be at the moment playing you know we did for 30 some years and that that was great so we'll just see where it takes us yeah, Gord, do you have anything you want to add? Yeah, I, I agree a hundred percent with what Johnny's saying. We, you know, we're um, Rob Baker tells it really eloquently, I think. But we, you know, you're talking to guys that spent thirty plus years together doing everything together, you know, um, celebrating achievements and 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 commiserating over failures all together as a group, and then we lose. An integral part of that group and we're all kind of blown in different directions you know so i'm just really grateful that we're that this occasion of this 30th anniversary has brought us back together and 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 set us back on a course and, and you know i've always been in the never say never camp but but uh you know i i think we would yeah i mean it's great we, we now meet very regularly gord's younger brother Pat Downey is sits on our in on on all our meetings and, and and so the Downey family is included in every decision that we make and I think that's going to allow us to make the right decisions for whatever 
comes down the road in front of us, you know? Uh, so I, I'm just super grateful for that and excited about it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, guys, it's been an absolute pleasure having you both for the uh, Road Apples 30th anniversary. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> CD, vinyl set, as well as uh, digital and streaming available uh, as we speak uh, ahead of the, uh, as this is airing. So uh, it'll be, uh, it'll be out by that point. Um, you guys want to add anything else before we head off? Yeah. Yeah, don't don't worry about the rotten apples thing. We we've joked for years. That was a there was a I think it was a Dutch interviewer or maybe a German interviewer that, that German, it was German. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we uh, yeah, whenever after a lousy show, we would put on our fake German accents and talk about rotten apples. And it was, <laughs> it was <always laughs> so it was nice. That's why we laughed so hard. So yeah. Don't well, hey, that's good. I'm glad you laughed at it and didn't get all <laughs> mad with me. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. Well, guys, Great. it's been a pleasure. Great to meet you both. Hopefully down the road, we'll, uh, I'll see you in Los Angeles if you're ever there uh, together, individually, whatever. Would love to say hi and uh, looking forward. The NAMM show. The NAMM show. Yeah. The NAMM show. Uh, I need to check into that. Uh, hopefully see you guys there. But uh, thanks again for joining me and uh, can't wait to see what people are uh, saying about the project. Uh, for the 30th anniversary. Great. Th thanks, awesome. buddy. Take care. Stay right. safe. Buddy. You too, Take guys. care. Do you see right. Johnny? Now, don't go anywhere. I know the interview's over, but Buddy has some clarifications on some dates and stuff yeah. that uh, we need to go over before we let you go. Buddy, go ahead. Yeah, it was pretty much uh, what I said to kick things off. Uh, November 12th, uh, the physical copies are available in Canada, November 19th in the US, and then 26th for everywhere else. Um, another thing I wanted to clarify too if it wasn't clear when we started talking they were incorrectly listed on the losses from the universal lot fire um, the music was already in storage in their homeland of canada but uh, the band wasn't aware of it until they started searching for music for this project so um just in case that wasn't clear they were not they're safe. They're good. Yeah, they're good. They're good. They're good. Uh, and I, I believe, as we found out later on, that that extensive list was shrunk quite a right. bit, because I know uh, a lot of people that were on it have released projects. And, you know, it's not just musicians. It's comedians. It's actors. It's authors. It's directors. All manner of media that was stored in those buildings was victim to that fire. Mm -hmm. So... It's not just artists, it's people across entertainment in all sectors. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, you know, glad that uh, it's not as extensive as it was. Oh, sure. Thought. And uh, this is a great album, great project. And uh, if, if you're not familiar with them, you really should be, because if you like classic rock and uh, like, like a really well-balanced and mixed project, this, this is it. <coughs> Excuse me for the cough. Want to give everybody a little bit of an update. I'm okay. I had a little bit of an incident uh, that landed me in the hospital. Oh gosh, is this airs probably about a month ago. Um, but this was the weekend before you were going to record Dina. Um, and actually, I didn't miss Dina because of this. I missed Dina because of a family event uh, that I had to go to. But I was in the hospital. They scoped me and I had a sore throat from the scope. Um, that healed. And then right after that healed, literally the next day, I got a sore throat from a viral infection that I probably picked up at the family function that I was at back in Pennsylvania. So 
I'm finally on the mend, feeling better enough to do my favorite thing. And what is my favorite thing, buddy? Concerts and traveling and travel. Ding, 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 ding. Concerts. Yes, I'll put them on the same level because concerts sometimes involve traveling. And uh, I'm heading down to Branson, Missouri for a very cool reason. Not to do actually with any concert, although I will be seeing concerts and we're going to interview our friend Rhonda Vincent while I'm down there. Um, but there's something really cool that I can't talk about because much to Buddy's consternation, a local television station down there, I've promised the exclusive to for this, but it's really well, cool. You it's promised a, them the local exclusive, us the world exclusive. The world exclusive, but they have to go first because Buddy, I want to get you the footage. I want to report on this from down there. Okay. It's a really, really cool thing. And it's killing me not to talk about it because, buddy, you know what it is. My friends on Facebook sort of know what it is if well, I've been in touch with you about it. But there's a post circling our website if people yes, find it. It's related it. to want to do a little in Branson. Want to do a little journalistic background. Yes, so of you can figure out what it is um, based on a post that Buddy was gracious enough to do from a press release that uh, myself and a historical society down in Branson sent out. So that's all I'll say. Uh, but again, I promise the, the world exclusive announcement uh, to the music universe after we can get some B-roll and some footage and some interviews uh, in Branson with the local TV station. And this is really cool. This is a dream come true of mine. I'm super excited to head down there. And I got to tell you, buddy, it is I love to go to Branson. I don't get down there as often as I do Vegas or Nashville now because it is super difficult to get to Branson. There's no direct flight from any of my three local airports. I do not like layovers for personal reasons having to do with my physical condition because um, if I'm delayed an hour and I have an hour layover, I am S-C-R-E-W-E-D. Well, um, I don't like them either because usually they're a pain in the ass. Right. So, yeah, and they're just a pain in the butt. So I just, so I'm just, um, I'm, but I, I don't get down there often, but this is important. Have to go down there, have to do this. Going to see some shows while I'm down there. Still working on that. Uh, very few celebrities in Branson anymore, but there's going to be some cool people in town when I'm in there. So watch out for those reviews. And um, actually one of the artists doesn't come my way. He kind of just stays, uh, actually, some of the people I'm going to see down there, they really kind of stay in the Midwest and the South. They don't, they don't come to the East. So I'm actually staying as long as I'm staying down there because there's one show in particular that I really want to see while I'm down there, um, Neil McCoy. And so we're already in and confirmed to go see Neil McCoy's full band show um, at the Mansion Theater in Branson. I'll so- have to give him a wink. What's that? You'll have to give him a wink. That was fun. That was so much. I still can't believe we got to do that. There's no doubt about it. That was fun. I'm going to hang up on you on the Zoom call in just a second. I, I just, okay. Are you All right. I got, I got you earlier with the not tragically hip. You got me with the Neil McCoy puns, and I think we'll just <laughs> leave it there. But, buddy, you have history in Branson, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, first time I ever went was 93. Then I went back in 95 and then again in like 2007 and I haven't been back since, but I bet that, I bet that differential between the heyday and 2007 was dramatic. 
Yeah, because, because uh, Branson Commons was open. I believe that's what it's called, isn't it? Something like that downtown, like a big hall oh, and Branson Landing. Branson Landing. That's what yep. it tells you. See, how. I'm a Brans I'm a secret Branson historian. Mm -hmm. um, I I love that town, and I've 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 kind of been doing like a forensic entertainment study on it since I first interned there ten years ago. So you're going to get a lot of content from me when I'm in Branson because well, that's good. I'm just I, fascinated with that place. And that's fine because I, I like that you're kind of uh, giving people a view of what it's like now. Maybe people are interested, maybe people aren't, but you're you're kind of more, well, you know, it, it gets a bad rap as yeah. being this uncool, hokey place. But you have the Ozark Mountains, mm -hmm. you have Shepherd of the Hills, which is the oldest continuing play uh, in American history. You have the beautiful landscape. You have Silver Dollar City which is just an incredible amusement park. And now that I actually make good money uh, as a, in my day jobs, I can actually afford to go to Silver Dollar City from Branson. Dollars. I have, make it rain. No, I've just, they do Christmas beautifully. So I'm really excited to see that. I'm a big Christmas nerd. Branson always does it up for Christmas. Um, in fact, when I was there three years ago, they started their Christmas in October. Uh, which I, I even think that's a little too soon, but this year they started right. in November. Um, you start rehearsing in October, obviously, but um, so I, I just, you know, it gets this rap as being this uncool place and I get it. It's not for everyone. It's not Vegas. It is not full of casinos and burlesque shows. It is a family friendly entertainment destination uh, that is evolving. Yeah. Some say it's suffering. Some say it's evolving and the jury's still out because it has an economy it needs to support and we just got to see where it goes. So I'm excited to get to talk to the locals uh, about all of that, especially from this position of, of being media now, more so than I was three years ago. So have uh, you, with everything uh, we're doing. I know they don't have them anymore, but did you ever drive or ride the ducks? No. No, yeah, I, and we did 93 when we were there. We got a family picture somewhere, actually a, there were safety concerns about that for years. Yeah. People were screaming, hey, something's going to go wrong. So, well, you know. I don't remember any of that talk. I mean, I, I wasn't even 10 years old when I went. So um, we, my brother and I got to get on the driver's lap and ride it, you know, move the steering wheel in the, uh, in, in the water there. But yeah, I, I don't believe they're open anymore with what happened several years ago. But uh, it, it was a neat experience. And in 93, we went, uh, my parents with my brother, me, and then uh, my grandpa, my dad's side, and his two sisters went as a family on a vacation. Sure. And uh, we saw Ferlin Husky at the Christie Lane Theater. And uh, he had gone to school with <coughs> my grandpa. Oh, cool. And didn't know we were in the audience. And started telling a story about him. And then everybody, you know, my family's like, oh, he's right here. He's right here. And we got to hang out afterward and talk to him right outside the inside the venue. But right uh, by the door that goes backstage. I don't know. I don't remember how long did, we spoke. But... Did you ever go see Jim Stafford? No. See, I wasn't really I didn't know any of those acts. So well, I the theater was such a prominent thing on the strip. It was like a must do. Oh, I'm sure I, who he was I'm sure I've seen it and just don't recall. But sure. um, uh, and then in 95, we went back and uh, I mean, I don't remember a, a whole lot about that, but then uh, sure. I met a friend there in 2007 and actually 
drove back from Branson to Nashville. So uh, I know you expressed interest initially in that. I'm like, don't go this way, go this way. But then I'm like, well, you're kind of even with it more so than Nashville. So I don't know, get it figured out. And uh, I know you're going to have fun there. And then and I, I got to tell you, in all honesty, I can't wait to share this news with everybody because it fills my heart with such joy to be able to do what we're going to do. Mm -hmm. um, and to be able to say that for, for a minute, because uh, I'm not going to be the owner of this item for a lot, for fully, I'm going to still have a majority stake in it. But for, for right now, I am the full owner of a really cool Branson landmark. And that's all I'm going to say. So, yeah. so wow. we, we, we have announcements as to what we're going to do with that landmark, uh, where it's going to go, who it's going to go to, uh, how you'll be able to see it. All of that forthcoming after we talk to KSPR KY3, uh, because I want to get you, buddy, the B-roll from being down there. Yeah, so we could throw in here. So yeah, yeah. it would be cool. And I hope, I don't know if we've discussed this, but I hope you will do some uh, videos without them as well and just do on your phone, share on social, share here. And oh, sure. We'll put it in into the episode. But right after that, we're meeting in Vegas. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. I cannot coming. wait. I was optimistic, but we're less than a month away now. And we, I, I can tell you, I need it out. Because when everything shut, when things started to dip again, mm -hmm. and we'll talk about this in our year in review wrap, which we should record, by the way, in Vegas. This is how we plan. I call them up on the phone and we, oh, we should do this. We should do well, that. Now we're just sharing it with everybody ahead of time. So which we should record our year in review in Vegas because that's kind of going to be it unless I go see TSO at one of their dates. Right. Um, when, when everything started to dip and Garth canceled the stadium tour, I was, I, was, I was clenched for a little while. I was like, I don't know. I think was clenched. Yes, because, well, because Garth, as I have said for almost two years now, mm. Garth and the big Garth tour, stadium tour, is the barometer for when crap is going to be normal. And if he's getting off the road uh, because he's worried about stuff, that might mean other shows are not going to go ahead as well. Right. So I think, as I told you this morning, I actually think Garth called it a little too early. Could have just pushed some things one more time because last night as we're recording this, I was at a show in Virginia and they had a scroll on their screen of all the shows that are coming up. And I'm like, that is a full slate. It's like, there's no COVID. But so time, we're back to, to argue that point. You're looking at a small venue compared to 80 plus thousand people. Well, that's true. And there's some politics with the bigger venues. Like there was this one yeah. um, headline that made it sound like only 30 people out of the 70,000 yeah. were vaccinated at a Garth concert. That's, that's not clear. true. That's clear. There, there was a vaccination clinic at a Garth concert and only 30 people took them up. And right. by the way, I wouldn't go get vaccinated at a concert. You're there for the concert, right? You're there for the concert. And what if you have, I know some people who had effects immediately after getting it, some 24 hour delay, some immediately. I would not want to put myself in a situation where I might possibly not be able to enjoy the concert. Right. Well, so. and as of this writing too, or I think I'm in journalist mode, as of this recording too, five to 11 year olds now can get the dose, but uh, Indeed. 
Not sure what I'm going to do. I didn't like There's parental I, I, reticence and all well, that stuff. I, I was so. all for it and I'm not anti-vax, but I was all for it. And then I read that they basically said, well, we're not going to know how it re any reactions until we give it. And I don't know that I want my child to be a guinea pig. Exactly. That's exactly. It. So, so. I, I think we're probably going to keep on the trajectory that we are wearing the masks. I even wear it out, even though I'm vaccinated, just because I'm paranoid and I don't I don't want her catching it. Awesome. The hell Edit this out. I'm like seeing if the TV at the top of the frame can be. Nope. OK, I don't want to edit that. I want to keep that. <laughs> All right, for the Music Universe podcast, I'm a very overheated Matt. <laughs> and I'm Buddy just trying to get through the day. Hit that like, subscribe, and share button. Keep checking out the musicuniverse.com for more, and we'll see or hear from you next time. Uh -huh.